Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the NFNL podcast for season 2021. I'm your host Samuel Zito, joined by my co-host for this week's program, Josh Ward, part of the NFNL match of the day radio commentary team. Josh, welcome to your first edition of the podcast. It's great to have you on and it's another big weekend of action coming up in the Northern Football Netball League this coming week. Yes, thank you Samuel for having me. It was a, it's a pleasure to be part of this podcast. I'm, I'm a prominent listener as well at uh, We've got a lot to cover from this weekend of NFNL action as well. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a huge weekend coming up, and we, I guess we've got plenty to, to whip through throughout the, the course of this podcast. So we'll get straight into it because it was another interesting weekend as we tick towards finals there. Coming up pretty quickly, and particularly in the women's football front, only now a fortnight away. So there's a heap for us to mm-hmm. get through in this week's edition of the podcast. And we might start in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, where... We know that uh, we're getting towards the pointy end, and for Heidelberg, there was a, a really big addition, both, uh, I guess, uh, literally and, uh, and, I guess, in terms of what it could well mean to their, their fortunes going forward. But Tom Bell Chambers made his uh, well uh, or long-awaited debut. I guess we've known he's, he's been at the Tigers for the best part of three weeks, but he finally um, was able to, to appear in the black and yellow jumper, and it was a really good performance to start. He kicked three goals to lead the Tigers to a big win against Montmorency, and it has big repercussions now for the latter. Definitely. It's a bit strange seeing Tom Bell Chambers in black and yellow colours, given he spent all his AFL career as, an, as a Bombers player. And uh, it's a great debut from the, from the from an underrated star in the AFL. I'm a bit surprised with the amount of goals he kicked. He kicked three goals. I would have thought he'd spend a bit more time in that ruck and Yormore would have played up forward for Heidelberg. But it gives them a, a massive advantage heading into this tough next month. They face three top five sides and they face McLeod this weekend as well and Montmorency that's they still only have three wins against top five sides against North Heidelberg and Greensboro just to name a few but they face three they face two and McLeod as well in the next and the last five weeks as well but they put up a bit of a fight. They didn't have Sam Binion, Wool Golds, and Stephen McCullum, who were all pretty good in the in the weekend before in the win against North Heidelberg. Yeah, it took it took some adjusting, didn't it? A couple they lost through suspension. They had Binion, of course, playing VFL as well. Slow out of the gates. Bell Chambers playing predominantly forward. I think because he hasn't played for so long, I think naturally probably by start he'll, he'll play a lot more forward and then work with Gilmore mm. in the ruck as well. But what an addition to have. He kicked the goal, the opening goal of the game. There's another nice one he kicked where he yeah. was rucking inside the attacking goal score. He was able to just force his opponent aside and then snatch the ball out and, and, and kick a goal as well. So really big addition to uh, the Tigers this year. And that's a big win now, the fact that they are a game and percentage clear of the Magpies. They're fourth. The Magpies now sixth. So a nice little buffer for the Tigers as they look towards September action for for another year. Of course, they had a, a couple of years where they sat out but uh, returned in 2019. And at the moment, uh, they've, with that win over Montmorency, taken the box seat to potentially play finals, albeit with still plenty of football to come. Tom Bell Chambers wasn't the only former AFL player to light it up at the weekend in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. We saw six goal hauls to both Ahmed Saad and Sam Lloyd, which helped secure their side victories. And those players who come from a higher level, this is their time of year to shine, isn't it, as they prepare their sides for, for finals action. And they were certainly at the fore on the weekend. Yeah, they're just stars of the league. The stars of Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, Sam Lloyd and Ahmed Saad, six goals each year, as you said. On the weekend against two pretty good, two pretty good sides, two sides in good form. Northcote Park they hadn't won a game this year, yes, but they improved gradually over the last couple of weeks. And McLeod they'd been in really good form. Their only loss in the previous five games was against West Preston Lakeside, but 
it was brilliant again by Sam Lloyd. He's done really well this debut season. I've seen him a couple of times as well. It's been a pleasure watching him dominate so far. And um, Ahmed Saad, he's brilliant yet again. He's well, we run out of superlatives for Saad with the, the way <laughs> he kicks goals at the weekend. He kicked a couple at a game, just, just dazzle you really and uh, makes good opposition players look silly at times with his ability to, to dance around them. And, and for Lloyd, he made a fast start. He and Jesse King, I think, had uh, the first six goals for Bandura at the weekend. They shared three apiece. And, wow. and as you say, Northcote Park, their ladder position doesn't suggest it, but they've been playing relatively good football. So yeah. for Bandura, it's a win they needed to have at home, which they, which they got to, to to keep them in second spot and for West Preston Lakeside it was always going to be a big challenge for them wasn't it against mm-hmm. a McLeod side which was asking questions of the better teams West Preston Lakeside rose to the occasion in a game that was pretty tight throughout uh, the first two and a half three quarters West Preston Lakeside breaking away in the last 20 minutes kicking the last four goals to to get a win and and with that now they're uh, really in the, the, the prime seat now to, to take first spot on the ladder yeah. and uh, at the very least be uh, you know or, or go straight through to the second semi-final where at the least you're playing in front of prelim they're giving that uh, that shake uh, that uh, that quest for the three peak three peat I should say one hell of a shake and, and they're mm. going to be you know they're going to be really hard to stop definitely Bundura though certainly making their charge as well so that they've come good and and, and now is that uh, second team on the ladder playing the kind of football that we've been accustomed to for, for Bandura for, for such a long time. One of the great stories out of the weekend was uh, seeing young Cooper Harvey make his senior debut alongside his father, Brent Harvey, as well. It's actually, you'd think it's a, a rare rare occasion that things like that would happen, but we've become quite accustomed to it in the Northern Football Netball League, particularly in, in recent years where we've had uh, Lionel Proctor at the Fitzroy Stars play with, yeah. with several of his sons in, in mm-hmm. the same game at times, but but um, you know do that uh, for, for a number of years for the Stars. And then Gary Moorcroft and Bo Moorcroft playing in, in senior football with Bandura together as well. So it's, uh, it's always great to see the, the family name live on at, at any club and uh, another great achievement at the weekend by the Harveys, of course, with, with Shane Harvey lining up as well as, as the uncle. Yeah, it was a great achievement. It's a great, it was a great debut from, from Cooper Harvey. He, he, and, he and the Harvey boys, they did really well on the weekend. They each kicked two goals, so six, six of... God knows how yeah, well, there was a, possible there 20 was, goals. Yeah, it was 21, I think, and it was a shootout. The, the two times that North Heidelberg and Hurstbridge have played this year, both games have produced a stack of goals. Yeah. They're actually, I think they're the two highest scoring games we've seen in the top flight this year when those two come up against each other. So the weather was more conducive for, for higher scoring at the mm. weekend. There's no, no doubt about it because of the, the better conditions. Grounds did dry out. They didn't necessarily look great, but they, they certainly dried out. And, uh, yeah. and you know... They're not going to meet in finals, those two sides, given where Hurstbridge's position on the ladder is. But they're, they're entertaining games of football to watch that are producing lots of goals. And from a North Heidelberg perspective, they were undermanned. And the fact that Shane Harvey only kicked two, yet they're kicking you know, above 20 goals, goes to show that they ha- have found new avenues uh, throughout the 2021 season. So that was a win they just had to have. Mm. Couldn't afford to drop it while undermanned. And, and Hurstbridge put up a good showing, but North Heidelberg just able to, to rise when the occasions came and, and they got an important win. Yeah. And as for the other games in the top flight, we obviously saw Greensborough uh, get a get another win at the weekend. So they've had that, that little mid-season funk where they they lost a couple of games, but they've uh, they've come back into it now. And uh, and all of a sudden, uh, from from their perspective, now they're you know in a good position to get the the double chance again. So um, that was an important Definitely. win for for them to have. In terms of the radio game, we went over to uh, Lower Plenty's or, or Montmorency Park South Oval, the home of Lower Plenty, and and we saw a classic in a game that was being you know predicted as potentially being a a grand final preview. It was Lowell Plenty up against Banyul. They are the top two sides in, in MC Labor Division 2 and I think they showed us why they are so highly regarded. Lowell Plenty gets the win 
inflicts Banyol's first loss of the season, but they're both 10-1 and one with mm-hmm. Banyol ahead on percentage. But you walk away from that game, and I think most who watched it thought the standard was, was fantastic, and with both sides still to bring key players back into their lineup. Yeah, it was a very exciting match to watch. I've watched plenty of good matches in the Northern Football Netball League this whole season, in my in my first season. This is possibly one of the best games I've seen and that we've called in 2021, despite the final margin being 41 points, thanks to... Six unanswered goals by Lower Plenty somehow in time on as well. Yeah, well, it's incredible to think at the 22 and a half minute mark, there was less than a kick between the two sides, yet it finishes at 41 points. It doesn't doesn't do justice, I think, to the quality of, of game we saw, but you're right, Lower Plenty was able to, to do the damage late. Did lead for, for the best part of, of the game as well, yeah. so I think that the, the deserving side won on the day, but for Lower Plenty, they'd be... Confident now going into the games against Banyol, given the fact that they, they pushed them all the way in round two, albeit mm-hmm. losing by nine points, and now they've won this one. But, but from a Banyol's perspective, they'll be equally confident because they'll say they lost on the weekend with Tim Martin injured in the second quarter, didn't have players of the quality of Mitch Lovell, Nick Grabowski, Brent Stanton, mm-hmm. Riley Lowton. The list goes on. There's probably half a dozen yeah. that would be walk-up starts that come back in. Do understand that Lowell Plenty had a couple out, plus they lost Josh Turner in the first half as well. But I think it's a game where both sides would walk away and think, you know, next time around, we're going to take confidence in. And I think that's what make, made it such a great uh, great occasion. But Definitely. It, was, it was fantastic to see so many goals kicked. We had, uh, I think, in more recent games we've called on, on the Saturday's match of the day, we've seen some low-scoring affairs of late, <laughs> probably due to the, the heavier weather. But it was nice to see so many goals kicked, 35 goals shared between the two sides. And, and they certainly both, um, you know, put up a, their case as to why they can challenge for, for this year's premiership and, and yeah. why they're, they're probably the favourites to be the two at the top of the pecking order. Um, there was, a, at the other end of the table, a, an upset result, which is big in the context of, of both clubs' campaigns. We saw Panton Hill go over to Watmore Park and upset St Mary's. For Panton Hill, the win doesn't quite get them over the line, but it just about secures their place in MC Labor Division 2 next year. And for St Mary's, now they've, they're going to face an uphill battle to play finals football. They uh, would have expected to win that game. They did beat Panton Hill by over 100 points when they met earlier in the year. But this time around, Panton Hill played, for mine, their best game of the season and then walk away with a 14-point win. Yeah, that's definitely their best game of 2021. It makes it even better that they got thrashed, as you said, by over 100 points and only scored the 10 points as well in that in that earlier game at their home ground. Uh, and um, it was a great... And they were in poor, pretty poor form as well. They'd lost to Watsonia, Fitzroy Stars. They'd gone thrashed by Banyol, like pretty much a lot of teams have. But... Um, yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was, and that's and exactly right. It wasn't a win that you could then see coming because of that. Because if you look at the games leading in, yes, there's the thrashing to Banyul, which you know most are going to lose to him by. But mm-hmm. The fact they'd lost to Watsonia and to uh, and the Stars as well in games we thought they could win. This one looked yeah. a, a much tougher assignment than that. But than those two, but. They managed to, to find a way through, and uh, all of a sudden, as you say, to kick one goal last time, they found you know had 26 shots on goal to 17, win by 14 points. So definitely earned their win, and I think uh, a couple of players are really standing out throughout the course of this season. Sam Parks is having a, a great campaign in what's been a, a season where a lot of his teammates have, have had to deal with injuries and whatnot, and really like the inclusion of, of Mitch Merkel this year, and Isaac Silic as well has been a good one. So... Mm. Plenty to look forward to for Panton Hill. For St Mary's now, it's it's going to be a challenge because as it currently stands, when you, you look at the ladder, and it doesn't look like they're too far out of it, but you have to keep in mind they are going to play one... Le- they have, sorry, played one more game than Diamond Creek. So they're currently one win and percentage outside... 
but with the extra game played. So all of a sudden, for them now, mm-hmm. they're almost at a situation where they can't afford to, to drop a game. They play at home again this week against Diamond Creek. It could well be the determining yeah. game for them, but even if they win that, they're still behind the eight ball, but, but it's just purely must-win from here. And if they don't uh, win on Saturday, you, I think it's safe to say that the top five is just about sealed in, in MC Labor Division 2. It's just a matter of which yeah. order they finish in. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an elimination final as well for St. Mary's. Altham just scraped over the line against Watsonia. Now, it was a game that most would have expected Altham to win, but Watsonia's form has improved. There's no doubt about mm. that. They, they are starting to track, and, and they've competed well against some good sides, thrashed the Fitzroy Stars the week prior. So we probably shouldn't have been as surprised as we were when late in the day Watsonia held the lead. A late goal to Daniel Jarvis put the Panthers in front as we uh, entered time on, and then they were able to hold on from there. Not a pretty win for Eltham, but a vital one as they chased third spot on the ladder against Thomastown. Had they dropped that, they would have given the upper hand to the Bears. Now, as it stands with their superior percentage, Eltham probably the slight favourite because it's the likelihood is that Thomastown's going to have to win an extra game than Eltham to finish in third spot. So, for the Panthers, not a great win in terms of the, the aesthetics of the performance, mm. but so important that they had their, their nose in front when the final siren sounded. Yeah, I have to say, this probably this was probably Eltham's worst win of the year. They're coming off their best win of the season last weekend against Diamond Creek. But this was... What's only... Yeah, they've been in great form. That it's But Eltham, they'd come off a great win against another contender as well. But... Um, it was great to see what Sonia do well. It shows how much they've developed through this year as well. It really does because I think it's worth noting as well that when you look at their, their campaign the, the year prior, started po- uh, po- um, prominently under George Latouf and, and they fell away. This mm. year they're, they're maintaining it for longer. They've got some new faces into the club that have played at higher levels and they're starting now to become a cohesive unit. And if you look at their performances throughout the course of the year, even in some games, the final margin maybe doesn't indicate how how competitive they've been, but but this win, uh, sorry, this loss, even though it's uh, a loss on the scoreboard, I think it's a, a tick in terms of the development that the club is is mm-hmm. showing. But if you look back, obviously the the weeks prior to this, they uh, they beat the Fitzroy Stars by you know just under a hundred points. Diamond Creek, they were actually only half a kick behind at half time, fell away in the second half, which was disappointing. But they did push mm-hmm. Diamond Creek in a game that obviously there was plenty at stake for the Creekers. Beat Panton Hill prior to that. And then if you look back uh, before the bye as well, there was a couple of performances where they hung around with sides for, for two, three quarters and mm-hmm. fell away. So this one here, I think, is a, a tick to their development and they are on the right path, obviously with work to do, but they are building well towards the, the 2022 campaign if they can keep everyone together. Having said that, as much as you give them the positives, nothing you know alleviates the disappointment that, when the siren sounds that yeah. you are behind in a close game, which which would have been a, a great win if they had have been able to pull it off and, mm. and arguably one of their, their best wins since returning to second division had they have got it. But I think it's a sign that uh, they are they are progressing um, the, the way they probably would have hoped as a club and it's small steps and, and hopefully it's uh, all about uh, then getting success at the end of, uh, at the end of it all. Uh, taking a look now to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 and we also had a, a top of the table clash in in third division and... Now, there are no undefeated sides across the three senior men's football competitions because mm. Lorimer did what no other side's been able to achieve in 2021, and that is defeat South Morang, which they managed to do by three goals, 
to now take the box seat in the uh, in the race for a second spot finish and the double chance in the finals. Yeah, that's a great win by Lorimer. It's one of their better wins of 2021. It's uh, It helps them particularly ahead of their match up at JJ Clancy Reserve against Kilmore, which will be massive in terms of who who will get second place in 2021. Uh, and it keeps and and um, it was a great performance by the youngster Brody Glenn. It, only his third senior game. He's an Assumption College kid, sixteen years old. He is sixteen years old as well, and he kicked four goals against possibly one of the best defenses in the whole Northern Football Netball League. Well, I think it's it's an important one to to bring up because he's been an X factor in the games he has played. They're only using him sparingly, but it's that attack. You talk about the defence of South Morang, which is you know from a, a side that uh, we always know that uh, you know, the the old saying goes that attack uh, you know, or attack or offence sells memberships and and defence defence wins premierships. But for South Morang, if you look at the Lorimer forward setup now, they've got uh, I guess the attacking weapons to be able to to cause damage to the best sides. And at the weekend, they shared the load. Obviously, Glenn, you said, kicked four goals there. Josh Williamson had an impact with three. There's Daniel yeah. Francis down there, Kobe Trojanovsky as well. So, they've got uh, they've got the players, plus Jackson Cecil, that, to be able to, to kick a winning score on, on any given day. We actually called the, the earlier fixture between the two sides back in, I think it was round six, and Lorimer led yeah. at three-quarter time with players out that day, and and they could have gone more than two kicks in front in the last quarter, missed a shot, and after mm-hmm. that, South Morang steamrolled them and, and won a great game of footy. On this occasion here, it was Lorimer, fast start, and we're just able to, to keep the, the Lions at bay. But as all good sides do, South Morang never, ever gave up, and, and they managed yeah. to make a, a contest of it going into the last quarter. But a disappointing loss for them. Obviously, every club wants to, to win every game that they step out in the park, but I think in the grand scheme of things, uh, they'd argue that they weren't at their best, lost by three goals, and, and they've got work, work to do from here, but I mm. think uh, at, at 10-1 and one for mine, even with that loss at the weekend, the Lions are still the team to beat as we head towards the final series. But um, there was one of the other contenders who went down in a thrilling finish out at Altham Collegians, and the side that went down was Kilmore, but they lost to a side which is really starting to emerge as a, as a genuine threat. They're now, uh, or they're still outright fourth by a win in percentage, but we talk of old Altham Collegians, and it was Tim Woods, the hero, kicking a goal after the final siren to give his side a three-point win. That will be possibly one of his greatest kicks he's ever kicked and one of his greatest goals he's ever kicked. It was a, it was a great win. It's well-deserved for Old Eltham. It looked like they were dominant all day long against a really good Kilmore side, which is one of the best defensive sides, and it helps them in the battle for fourth position against Heidelberg West. Yeah, well, they led all day, fell behind late, but they just had the ability to, to work their way back in. And um, obviously, it's done the, the, the I guess, uh, being on the, the post on the social media pages and whatnot as well, but the kick by mm-hmm. Tim Woods, it was... Uh, Nerves of steel. It was never missing. You can hear him celebrating almost as the the, the uh, footy leaves, leaves his boot. It was straight through the middle and a huge win in the context of the season. And now for Kilmore, they're, they're eight and three. They had the blowout loss to South Brang early in the year when they weren't at their best. But if you look at round one, they let slip a lead late against Lorimer. Now they've done it against the old Altham Collegian. So from from a Kilmore perspective, they're a game and percentage in third, and that's uh, they're. A, they're a game clear of fourth place, but they're also a game now behind second spot. So I think if they had been able to hold on in those two, I know they're big ifs, but if they did, they'd be sitting pretty comfortable in second now. It's a massive game this weekend when they host Lorimer. 
uh, second versus third. And if they drop that, I think you could almost argue that the top two spots are probably sealed. A lot's going to have to change in the final month of the year, mm. albeit all those top four sides do come up against one another in the run home. But this makes uh, the loss of the weekend now makes this weekend's game for, for Kilmore arguably their biggest since coming over yeah. from the uh, Riddle District Football League. Yeah, it's definitely their biggest game. It's uh, should be a very interesting game to potentially to see as well. And I think the other the other um, one we should touch on is Valhodeberg West getting back uh, amongst the winners list. Mm. That's important for them. They had a, a long run of outs and, and they were able to produce a, a really big win against Layla, which was a percentage booster, which was important for them to bridge yeah. that gap. But they're hanging around, of course, as well, and they're just waiting for old Altham to slip up. So they would have preferred that uh, Kilmore won at the weekend. Mm. Didn't work out. They didn't close the gap, but, but they hang around. And, and for a young Mernda side as well to get it, a really big win over Reservoir. Very, it's almost a you know the baby demons that uh, that they rolled out with at the weekend, and some of the youngsters are, are really starting to to hold their own when we talk about uh, playing it at a, a senior football level as well. Will Crouch kicks seven goals in a standout performance. Dane Callett amongst the best players. He's been one of the ones that's really been emerging in recent years. And good to see Jake Stavrovsky back playing senior footy as well after a, an absence. Yes. But he's been back in recent weeks as well. So for Myrna, yes, we know that they're not going to reach their pre-season ambition, which was to certainly play finals football. But they are giving the kids a go now. And uh, at the weekend had a, a really positive result um, up against uh, Reservoir. And then this weekend, I think it's Layla they take on as well. So they'll be looking for, for back-to-back victories to at least finish the year as we get towards the end um, on a high as they build towards the 2022 campaign. We turn our attention to the senior women's football competitions, of course the Mervac uh, women's football competitions and there was only the five games played, it was the back end of the split round but they were important games. If you look at the from a, the perspective of the top flight, it's going to be a top eight finals in, in Division 1, so following the same finals series method as the AFL would with the you know, yep. first four getting the double chance and uh, and then the bottom four obviously playing elimination finals all the way through essentially. Mm-hmm. So Bandura got a win over Whittlesey. It was a close game, won that one by seven points. Now it means Bandura sits ninth. They're only a win off Heidelberg in, tenth, uh, in, in eighth, I should say. So they're still in the finals frame. And those two sides actually play each other in the final game of the year. So that could well become a potential final in the, in the last round of the year as, mm. as they both hunt uh, that, that eighth spot on the ladder. But at the top end of the table, uh, it was uh, an interesting one with Greensboro playing Altham at War Memorial Park. Greensboro wins by over five goals. They jumped from sixth on the ladder to fourth. Meanwhile, Altham fell from second to sixth. So talk about a game having <laughs> massive repercussions on the top half of the table. And we're actually going to have a chat with the coach of, of Greensboro a little later in this program, Stu Lewis. But a huge win because top four spots now at a premium, given the fact you have a, a double chance. And Greensboro mm-hmm. now has its fate in its own hands with two rounds remaining. They sit in fourth spot. And uh, obviously, they've got uh, a couple of the, the powerhouse sides directly around them with... Diamond Creek Women's, VU, Montmorency, mm. the Darabins, but they're holding their own at the moment, the Burren, in fourth spot now with two games to play. They win both of those and they could well be uh, finishing with a double chance heading into the final series. And that was a surprising result as well. Greensboro and Eltham, they were two pretty even sides yeah. on the year and uh, I was surprised at the magnitude of the result. I would have thought it'd be maybe a, f- a single digit or a 10-point margin to, uh, to either Greensboro or Eltham, but it's very surprising to see the the borough get that big of a win. Damage was done in the third quarter, four goals to one, and, and probably put the game beyond doubt in that one there. So mm. they went from 12 points up to 32, and, and uh, that was...
was probably that. Um, and uh, also still in the women's, if we looked at uh, Mervac Division 3 women's, and we have a new ladder leader with Banyul getting the win over the Fitzroy Stars on the Saturday, of course, the game. It was a, it was a big occasion. It was top of the table clash. It was during the, um, uh, of course, the NADOC week as well. So the Fitzroy Stars had uh, held a great mm-hmm. ceremony prior to the game as well. And they had won the last six of the Stars to be first on the ladder. Hadn't yeah. beaten Banyul this year. They lost the earlier game in the year when they played in grading. We talked to their coach, Lisa Roper, last week in the podcast, and she mentioned that, obviously, their second occasion they were meant to meet was cancelled due to the, the, the COVID break that we had. So it was a game that uh, both sides were certainly eyeing off for some time, and it was Banyul who got a victory by 15 points, kicked four goals in the first quarter, led comfortably throughout the course of the day. So Banyul, of course, it's a top five in both the Division Two and Division Three women's competitions. Yeah. Banyul now in the box seat for first spot, which means a week off in the first week of finals. So two rounds to go. Still plenty can happen, but mm-hmm. with that win away from home, Banyul takes a, a big step b- towards you know finishing with the minor premiership in their inaugural season of women's football in the Northern Football Netball League. A look at the uh, netball competition, and uh, before we go through some uh, just some of the results, and particularly want to look at the Section 2 competition we've got coming up, but you had a great chat last week with the uh, president of Heat Netball Club, Renee Fitzgerald, and great to see some of these standalone sides being able to, to compete with the best in the uh, in the competition to have a side like Heat have a, a Section 1 mm-hmm. side as well. It's it's nice to see the uh, the emerging sides starting from the ground up being able to, to quickly find their grade at, uh, at uh, this level of the Northern Football Netball League. Definitely. It was a great chat with Renee. She's, she, she really is a nice woman to chat with as well. And um, it was great to write about a standalone club. I'd been writing all about clubs who had play who had netball teams and football teams as well but it was great to get that unique perspective of how to run an, an, a standalone club but um it is quite miraculous what they've done ever since they entered in the 2014-15 summer and managed to get a team in section one as well for yeah. For the first time, well, they year. obviously had the, the biggest challenge in netball at the weekend. That was uh, in yeah. the Northern Football Netball League taking on Diamond Creek. One, they probably had realistic expectations going in. It was more about developing. The scoreboard mm-hmm. obviously didn't do, doesn't flatter them at the end of the day, but I think the amount of experience you take out of that game, it's uh, yeah, it could well be worth its weight in gold. So. That's, uh, I guess, Section 1 um, was, was probably the results went as expected. It was a close game between the uh, North Heidelberg 2 and North Heidelberg 3, which are yeah. always going to be interesting games now when you've got the two teams, or the one club with two multiple sides coming up against one another. But I think the interesting p- thing from the, the netball courts to come out of the weekend is having a look at the, the Section 2 ladder, and we talk about races to the finals. I don't think it could possibly get any closer than what Section 2 is currently experiencing. Of course, it's top four final series across all 13 sections of netball. And if you take a look at the ladder, based on the results we saw coming out of the weekend, and we saw Montmorency, uh, who was first on the ladder, lose in their game against Ivanhoe, losing by 13 goals. But it now means the top five sides are all six wins, three losses, and separated by percentage. It's why you probably do grading, is to, to get situations like this, to get a, a nice even spread. But... As it currently stands, Watsonia sits fifth. They're equal on equal on. Uh, p- uh, uh, I was going to say points, but it probably goes off a percentage one uh, calculator. And mm-hmm. you've got all equal six and three. They're equal with first, and yet they find themselves at the moment not in a position to to be playing final. So. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic run home into the finals, and and one we'll keep our, our eye on because even if you go to, to North Heidelberg in sixth, they're very much in the the finals equation as well. But can't recall seeing a ladder where after or this far into a season, you've got five sides 
just separated by percentage uh, only a month out from, from finals action. It's quite miraculous. I, I don't think I've ever seen something like that. But it's definitely very exciting heading into this these last couple of weeks of finals. But uh, there's, there's a couple of good games. It, it might start to open up in the next couple of weeks as well. Well, they'll all become almost early finals from here, don't they, when you have something much, as, yeah. as even as that. And uh, before we get to this week's interviews, where we will be having a chat with the coach of Lorimer's men's football team, Jimmy Atkins, of course, his side having a, a big trip this weekend against Kilmore, which could determine second spot on mm. the ladder. We're also caught up with uh, Simon Amore. We just wanted to have a chat to him about how Panton Hill's been tracking this year in his debut season as coach following that win over St Mary's. And like I said earlier, Stu Lewis from Greensborough Women's Football Club will join us as well. But it is a big weekend and it's not just about on the field this weekend. It's also about what the, the round represents. Right around Victoria, it is the TAC Road Safety Round. Uh, this year marking 30 years of the association between the TAC and AFL Victoria. And we're obviously shining a light on, on road safety and, of course, the unfortunate events that uh, occur around road trauma as well. So as part of uh, this year's initiative, and you'll see this right throughout football and netball leagues throughout the, the state this weekend, um, the community... Obviously, the players, the coaches, and hopefully spectators too. If we do have enough to, to get uh, around, we'll have um, be wearing a blue armband this weekend, and that's uh, to pay um, homage to, to all those who unfortunately have lost their their lives on the road or have been seriously injured. But also as a reminder to everyone that we all have someone to who we, who we should be driving safely for. So that's whether they're in the car with you or for you to drive safely when you're by yourself as well to, to be able to go home to, to that person uh, and, and get through uh, you know, on, on your journey nice and safely as well. So whether it's your mate, your, ma- um, your mother, your sister, your son, your dad or your entire team, there's always someone that uh, you, you need to get home to. So on the uh, armbands themselves, there's a QR code and uh, those, uh, that QR code then takes you to the, the homepage of the, the TAC website where there's um, a host of videos and, and content um, from Victorians from all walks of life who, who give their um, reason for driving safely and, and sharing some un- unfortunate stories that, uh, that they have to share as well. But obviously everyone is aiming to get uh, the, the road toll down to, to zero. It's the only, only acceptable number is zero. Mm-hmm. But uh, this weekend... It's great that all the football and netball clubs are, are getting behind a, a great cause to to shine a light on something that um, we all need to, to play our part in. Yeah, it's a major issue. COVID's a major issue now, but this has been a major issue over the past years. It's yet another great initiative, not just by the Northern Football Netball League, but by all local footy leagues across Melbourne, across Victoria. It's uh, it's one of the best initiative. It's one of the best initiatives in ter- terms of footy and well like I think it goes to show as well we've we've had the theme rounds throughout the, the course of this year we, we keep yeah. saying the same thing that um, you know sporting clubs are about a lot more than sport they're about community and uh, and how we can all play a part in, in raising awareness for, for campaigns like this as well but also being connected to, together and uh, I think it's great that uh, the way that the clubs are getting around to, to support this as they did two years ago when the initiative was the, the captains wore the number zero on their back of course to, yeah. to represent the uh, only figure we wanted to see as, as part of the road toll but uh, this year with the, the different campaign with the uh, the wearing of the blue armband so um, of course uh, we encourage everyone to, to don those this weekend and, and when you are watching a game and, and see you play with the armband think about the reason why they are wearing, wearing that armband this weekend so we're about to move into the interview parts hope you've enjoyed this week's pro, uh, program and plenty more to, uh, to enjoy here as we first start with the coach of the Lorimer Senior Men's Football Team Jimmy Atkins. This year, for TAC and AFL Victoria Road Safety Round, everyone will wear a blue armband. 
a reminder that we all have someone to drive safely for. I'm wearing mine for my son, who we don't have today. For Dean. For my friends. For all the young families. Because I miss them. Because no one should have to go through what I went through. Everyone has their reason for wanting safer roads. What's yours? Share your story at tac.vic.gov.au forward slash band together and pick up a band from your local footy club to wear your support. Joining us on the NFNL podcast is the coach of Lorimer's senior men's football team, Jimmy Atkins, at the weekend. His side was the first to inflict a defeat on South Morang in a three-goal win at Lorimer Reserve. Jimmy, thank you for your time. I'd imagine it's been a well a good start to the year, given the fact you're, you're second on the ladder five weeks out from finals. But that win over South Morang at the weekend, how does that stack up compared to the others you've had this campaign? Oh, yeah. Well, look, first of all, thanks for having me, Sam, Sammy. Um, yeah, look, it's... Yeah, it's been it was a very good win. Obviously, it's probably easy to say it's our best win for the year. But um, yeah, it's been a good start to the year. We had sort of a couple of rough weeks there where we lost two in a row, but we've started to get a bit of a rhythm since the break. That's for sure. I mean, on the season as a whole, it's been an interesting one, given the fact that you mentioned there we we have a break and and, and you know it, it can disrupt you. But when the break came for for your side, you you dropped a, a couple of games at that stage, and I know you were struggling with a, a few injuries. Did you find that you were able to actually get a few blokes back and maybe just regroup uh, as I guess now to to get prepared for for a big second half of the campaign? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you, you could see our team list before that break and straight after. We obviously included a, a fair few players into our side, but I think the break was probably good for us to see if everything we had sort of learned over the pre-season and being in the COVID breaks as well before we started pre-season, if it would work again. And I was really proud of our list that, you know, everyone was doing the work, as a lot of sides would, would be as well, but could have been very easy for a couple of blokes to sort of say, oh, I need the time off and rest there. But I was really proud of our club and our list to sort of take the next step and train them most nights and getting their fitness right up so we're all ready to go again. You've got a, a relatively young list still there at Lorimer. It's a young senior club as such, given the fact that they only joined the, the senior competition in 2017. But how have you found the move across? The, I know you've been obviously involved with Whittlesey as a senior coach and, and more recently as, a, as an assistant at Montmorency. But how have you found the move to, to Lorimer with uh, such a young group? Oh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed it. and I love coaching, but I love coaching young up-and-coming footballers as well and I think going to clubs where you've got good kids coming through makes your job a hell of a lot easier as a senior coach and Lorem is obviously sitting in that right now but it's I've really enjoyed everything I've been there they've looked after me very well and the club it's a fantastic club to be involved in definitely up there with like you said Montmorency's and Whittlesey's I've been part of before they uh yeah they stack up just as well as them I know you've already re-signed uh, to, to stay beyond this year as well. So, obviously, given the fact the experience you've had over, I guess, uh, the time since you signed pre, uh, pre-COVID, pre that uh, you've enjoyed the experience, that you, do you want to hang around for, for long-term success? Yeah, definitely. I definitely want to hang around. Um, like we just mentioned, we're a young group and, you know, we're, we're sitting okay this year, but it's more about what we can do over the next few years as well. We've got a lot of our junior sides are doing very, very well. We've got juniors in every grade, 19s, reserves and seniors all fighting for finals at the moment as well. So the club's sitting at a really good spot and I'd be crazy to walk away from that at the moment and 
really trying to build on something. Going back to the weekend's win, you had a really good start against South Morang. You were four goals in front at quarter time. You stretched that out by half time, and, and they were always going to come back to some extent in the second half, but you were able, able to weather the storm. Um, how important, I guess, leading into the game was it to, to make the fast start and you know be able to play from in front rather than some catch-up football? Yeah, it was definitely something we spoke about and the big games, getting a good start and you know, we change a few things up around our starts, but more importantly is putting the scoreboard pressure on. We've had a lot of these games where we have started well, but we haven't been able to kick the goals. And I think this week we'll, we kicked very straight, especially in the first half, and that just puts a bit of extra pressure on. And yeah, like you said, Moringa are a quality side, so they were always going to come, and we were expecting that as well. You, you played them earlier in the year, and even though you didn't get the win, you, you stacked up pretty well. You went in fairly undermanned that day, lost a couple on the day, and, and led it at three-quarter time before they ran over the top. Um, did, were you able to take away much from that performance, or was it completely different given the fact that you had different personnel out on the ground, and uh, I guess it was going to be a different situation? Uh, yeah, we t- definitely took a lot away from that, and nothing to do with the personnel. We were in that game of footy, and we had a shot on goal in the last quarter to put us 20 points up. So we were pretty dirty that we lost that game of footy, and we could see that, yeah, we we could go there and we should have won that game. So there was a lot of, yeah, we got to get that win back about it. And, you know, we sort of went into this week of, you know, we can't let that happen again. So get a fast start, put the scoreboard pressure on, and we'll see what happens from there. I know it's only a win in a home and away season, given the fact that there's some bigger things, uh, I guess, that you're aiming for at the end of the campaign. But given the fact that you're going into the game knowing that had you lost, there was a chance you, you could have been two game, oh, sorry, a game outside the top two. But, but now with that win, coupled with the fact that Kilmore was, was just beaten at Old Altham Collegians, um, does that make the win even, for you as a coach, make you even more proud, given the fact that there were such big stakes going into that game? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, yeah, the, it's it's a very close contest in uh, Division Three at the moment. You know, sides. Uh, if you're off one week and you lose one game, you, you can really slip. So we sort of knew that. Yeah, this is a big opportunity. Play the top side. We get the win. Hopefully, we can sort of stick around the second spot there. And we know that if any if we're off on any week, it, it, we could easily slip down. So. That's just uh, that's just the quality of the division at the moment. You had a, a long time before you were able to coach your, your first game with the club, given the fact that you'd signed on at the end of 2019 and, and had to wait till round one this year to, to be able to coach your first senior game with the club. But are there any players in the list that uh, you have maybe surprised you or exceeded expectation to this point of the season that you thought uh, you, you looked at them through pre-season, but now that they're out in the playing field that they, they might have surpassed what, what you might have expected? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, nothing sort of surprises me. I, I had pretty good research and knew a lot of guys around Lorimer for them to sort of let me, give, give me a good heads up on the group. Um, but I mean, like someone like a Mitch Thompson, for example, who's our captain, he's obviously won all the accolades and he, he just, he never plays a bad game. He's always up there every week and you know, he's he's obviously like probably not in one of our better players listed, but he's easily in our top five, six players every week with the efforts he gives us. And same with Luke Wilson. I mean, I coached Luke a little bit at Whittlesea, and he's he's footy's excelled excelled since coming to Lorimer, and he's playing some really really good footy. So yeah, those sort of guys, yeah, I knew a lot about, but 
I think they've sort of found their spot and their role at a, at a new club, and they're playing some really good footy. On the, the forward line structure, it's obviously a luxury to have a, a player like Josh Williamson running around, and uh, I know that uh, he's had a few previously uh, injury uh, crueled campaigns, and, and particularly in 2019 with, when the club was flying, unfortunately he went down, but um, to have someone like him you know, line up against uh, Daniel Francis, players who have played at, at higher levels, and then you, you're throwing Jackson Cecil at the weekend, a young Brody Glenn as well, it, it must give you great versatility as to what you can do inside that forward 50. Yeah, definitely. I think we've really developed a pretty strong forward line there now. We've got On the weekend, we had multiple goal kickers, and we're not just relying on Josh Williamson all the time anymore. As good as he is, he's a fantastic player and a great player to watch, but it's helped so much having Daniel Francis around. You know, Brodie Glenn pops up on the weekend, kicks four. Like you said, Jackson Cecil's there every week, and Kobe as well. They're they really are playing some good footy together and really developing that forward line very, very quickly, which is great to watch. Brody uh, Glenn himself is only, I think he's, he's 16 years old. Is, am I right in saying that? But he, he seems to be able to adapt uh, really well at, at a senior level on the on the weekend, uh, booting four goals. I think he's still playing under-17s at times as well, but he seems to be having a, a big impact. Yeah, he look, he's, had, he's played his third game. Um, yeah, he's had a really good day and... Yeah, he's exciting to watch young Brody and, you know, he was really good on the weekend and he's got a bright future at Lorimer and we're really looking forward to having him around and, you know, it's not just Brody as well. We've got a very, very young list and, you know, Jimmy Apted's down there playing some good footy in the back line. He's under 17s as well. You know, Caden Arthur, Harry Mooney, Will Jackavoo, all these young kids, they're all under 19, so... The, the list is very strong for a young club, that's for sure. How important is it, is it for you as well to, to be able to manage those players to ensure that you're not getting a, a burnout for them as we get to this you know, probably difficult stage of the year where all of a sudden it starts to get a bit colder, the ground's a bit heavier, but to make sure that you, you've got them in, uh, in a good frame when, when you do get the finals footy? Yeah, 100%. Management is the key and we talk regularly around with our coaches and speak a lot with the under-17s coaches as well and look I think the luxury there is we've been able to probably play a few of them and not rely on the couple every week and we can get them back to the 17s they can play there with their mates or have the week off or not and you sort of really try and get them ready for the end of the year and we're we're pretty excited for what they can bring and obviously yeah the management is the key on that though as well. Job doesn't get too much easier though this weekend. You you make the trip out to uh, JJ Clancy Reserve to take on Kilmore. They'll obviously be uh, stinging after losing a game after the siren on the weekend. But uh, from a ladder perspective, it is a, a massive game given the fact that you currently sit a game or, or four points, I should say, and, and less than 10% above them on the ladder. They'll understand that they need to win this one here to uh, have any chance of a top two finish. So for you guys now, last week perhaps you, you went in as uh, the hunter, maybe this week the hunted in a, in a game that's very well could determine second spot on the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. It becomes a very important game and, you know, Kilmore will come out firing and we expect that. I mean, we were lucky to beat them round one in a very exciting game of footy. Now, you know, this week, if, we, if we're if we able to get the win, we can obviously go two games clear. So 
I, I would imagine Kilmore are going to be coming out ready to go, and they're going to be hard to beat. They always are. They're a good side. They're, they're very well drilled. So I'm looking, really looking forward to another exciting game of footy, and hopefully we can get the job done. It, it, is, it is a tough run home for you. In the, in the last six weeks, you, you, you faced South Morang twice, obviously one of those games now behind you, Kilmore as well, and, and you have Collegians as well. It, it seems like in, in many respects it's it could be well a, a perfect preparation as it leads you into finals. Yeah, it is a tough run, but you know you get that. And like, obviously, Lorimer finishing where they did in the last season played. We're always going to get the tough run leading home, and I'm, I suggest South Rang have probably got the same. And look, like we said, the lead in will be good for us. I think I'd rather be playing these games leading into finals and getting us ready. And yeah, hopefully, we can just keep getting the wins and. You know, playing our footy. Well, uh, Jimmy, really appreciate your time. Uh, well done again on the win at the weekend, being the first side to defeat South Marine this campaign, and, and good luck this weekend when you make the road trip out to Kilmore. Thank you, Samuel. Thanks for having me, mate. At La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds, teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. Latrobe University. All kinds of clever. Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is the coach of Panton Hills senior men's football team, Simon Amore. At the weekend, the Hillers taking a giant leap towards uh, their place in MC Labor Division 2 in 2022 with an upset win away to St. Mary. Simon, thank you for joining us. Um, as an outsider, we say an upset win, but uh, given the fact that the last time you played St. Mary's, you, you lost by a, a triple-digit figure, um, what were the I guess thoughts going into that game uh, playing at Watmore Park? Yeah, thanks for having me, Samuel. Appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, look, it's it was an interesting one. Obviously, uh, you know, we know we've got a lot of respect for St Mary's and how they've gone about it, especially since going up to Division Two. Um, and we know firsthand, as you said, um, how dangerous they can be, given they touched us up pretty comprehensively in round three. So, look, we've made it a conscious decision in, in recent weeks, probably more than any, just to, to focus on ourselves and um, some internal KPIs, and you know, just to try and be as good as we can be for as long as we can be. Uh, and it was just really pleasing from a coaching perspective, definitely, to, to get the result that we did. It was a real real four-quarter performance in the end, uh, which sounds a bit cliche, mate, but it was, it really was. So, yeah, just a, a pleasing result. Um, if, we, if we look at the season as a whole, I think um, you, you guys probably started really well. And, and you know, at round five, you're, you're looking the goods. Had, had a couple of wins on the trot and then a few heavy defeats against sides that are going to certainly feature at the, the pointy end of the year. But, but since we came back from the... The extended break, you had a couple of losses in games where you may have felt you were a winning chance, but how hard was it to, to I guess, as a club, to, to just cast that aside and then, uh, and then I guess, focus on, on going forward with, I guess, the, the teams below you still um, playing catch-up and, and probably you're still in their sights? Yeah, it's a really good point, man. I mean, we knew full well coming up from the division below that it's going to be an up-and-down year. We, we've had some high highs early on and some really low lows too throughout. And like you said, mate, we, we probably dropped some games that, that we thought we were well and truly in. Um, so, yeah, we, we did make a concerted effort to, to sit down as a group and, and have a bit of a chat about where we were at and, and what we wanted to get out of our last six weeks. Um, and the boys are fantastic. You know, you, you, the way they responded and, and the, I guess, the sentiments that they came up with and, and how they wanted to be defined this year were, were really important to them for the last six weeks and, and they put that in place. 
recently. We thought we, we finished off strongly against Banjul. Um, as elite side as they are, the scoreboard probably says otherwise, but we thought we, we had some good things coming out of that game on the back of, of the loss to Fitzroy, who were, who were just too good for us uh, a couple of weeks back and continued to build from there, mate. And like I said, the St Mary's game was um, probably as good as we played in regards to, to four quarters four quarters of football. Um, like I said, we've had two good wins early on, but um, to, to have it come together like it did on Saturday was, was really pleasing. And again, it just gives us a, a platform to continue on from for, for the back end of the year. It, it seemed to be obviously a real arm wrestle. If you look at the scores quarter by quarter, there was never too much separating the sides. You, you had your noses just in front of, at three-quarter time, but to do it against the side that had plenty to play for, given the fact that they were still very much in the, the finals contention, does that make it even more memorable for you as a coach, given the fact that uh, it was against the side who had just as much to play for? Yeah, look, at yes and no. Um, like I said, we've got enormous respect for St Mary's and, and just thrilled to to play as well as we did against the quality opposition um, where they sit on the ladder it's sort of largely irrelevant to us to a point uh, instead we're just trying to tick off our style of play and how we want to go about it and we we had a, a set idea of what we wanted to accomplish and, and what we wanted to work on and, and how hard we wanted to be defensively um, and I think we were, we were really able to establish that and, and the uh, the theme of the game throughout really was what I said to do it for to be as good as we could be for as long as we can be and that was the, the four quarter goal so that was more of a, a motivation uh, from our group side of things just to complete the task really and we're able to do that which is really pleasing. I think it's been a, a tough year probably for everyone given the soft start nature plus also coming off a, a year where we haven't played footy and it's probably always to be expected that uh, it would be you know pretty taxing on the body but for your club you've certainly felt the pinch you've had I think it's only four players play every game and, and used I think it's up to 45 players in the senior list throughout the course of the year how has it been I guess as a coach to, to juggle I guess that uh, that changing playing list from week to week yeah you're spot on mate it's been a challenge um I think someone told me the other day that we, we've had 49 players roll through our senior group, which, to be honest, mate, I don't think I've ever seen 49 players on the track at any <laughs> one time, so it's, uh, it's a bit surprising. But, yeah, look, it's, it's been... Our depth's definitely been challenged, and unfortunately we don't have the infrastructure that a lot of the other big clubs have in regards to, you know, obviously under-19s and the juniors coming through. So it is a bit of a battle for us. We think we've got a really strong squad that can compete uh, at that level, um, that we probably underbelly can be exposed a little bit quicker than, than most... Um, when we do have some injuries and we've had some injuries to key players. So it's, it's been a battle at times. But yeah, like I said, mate, the group's sort of really come together um, and sucks that. And, and, and like I said, just focused on what we can do internally. And our leaders have been fantastic in that area. And we, as I said, mate, we'll continue to, to work on those things and, and make that a focus for the last five games. Uh, I guess it's uh, any time you can bring a, a player from Division 1 background into your club, it's always uh, a great to have. But, but Mitch Merkel's certainly been a, a really handy acquisition since the extended break. He's come in and in his four games, he's kicked multiple goals in every game. As a coach, what's it like to be able to bring someone of that quality into your team at the midway point of the year? Oh, it's been enormous. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough, obviously, to spend a bit of time uh, with Merckx at, at Greensboro in 18 and 19, being an assistant coach there and get along with him quite well. And, you know, he's football abilities unquestioned he's, he's got some real x-factor about him he's, he's provided a fantastic target for us he's dangerous in the air he's dangerous when it hits the ground but more importantly it's, it's nice to bring really good people into your club as well he's a character Merckx and it's been a real pleasure having him on board and like you said he's uh he's lived up to every expectation we've had in the last 
four games that he's played, so it's been a really, really good addition for the group for sure. You've had an extensive coaching background. I know as a as a premiership coach at, at Heidelberg at reserves level, you you've t- taken it, uh, the job on it at Greensboro in the past, as well as an assistant coach to the senior side, and now obviously in your first senior coaching appointment. How have you found the the transition from a reserves coach into a, a senior assistant, and now to to take the reins as a senior coach? Yeah, I think. Um it's been really good, mate. I've enjoyed it. Obviously, you had a bit of a, a playing history at Pan Hill way back when, um, which has made the transition a little bit easier too with some familiar faces. But, yeah, I think um, I might have mentioned when I, when I got the job that it was uh, a, a decent apprenticeship, I suppose, or, or a good one anyway, to have experience coaching at, at all those different levels. And, you know, I was with Charles Gaylord and, and Jason Heatley at Holderberg, which was which was fantastic. I had a really enjoyable couple of years there. And then, obviously, under um, Mick Harford, he's had an enormous uh, influence on my coaching um, career I guess you could say and, and, and Robert Hyde too in the first year I've been really fortunate just to, to learn off from quality coaches along the journey and then put my own spin on it and um, yeah look it's been an up and down year as I said but I've, I think we've had some good results and building for, for the future mate so it's been it's been enjoyable it has and I imagine yeah, you, you take on the, the appointment and there's no greater challenge than a year like we had last year but how did you find that experience uh, obviously it's it's tough when it's your first coaching role and you have to go through a year like last year but but just for, for the club as a whole I know you've got a, a long background there as a, as a premiership player as well but you win a flag and then you can't probably build off that momentum as quickly as you'd like given the fact that we had to um, take the year away but how did you just find that experience of, of having to deal with a global pandemic on the eve of uh, of coaching your first senior game yeah it's a good point man. i think that's probably the biggest one was that maybe the sides who had played in premierships probably had a bit of that momentum taken away from them from from my perspective obviously you know you, you just deal with what's in front of you like everyone has over the last 18 months it's been been trying and difficult for everybody in, in different ways and um i guess probably the only bonus i had made is like i hadn't been the senior coach prior so i hadn't had anything to compare it to so i was just sort of dealing with it as it came and you know, the playing group, again, we've been lucky enough to have some really strong leaders and, yeah, we put some, some things in place throughout that 12 months just to stay in touch and did some, some running competitions and running groups internally, which were, which were fun for a few weeks. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's funny. It feels like it was 10 years ago. It also feels like it was 10 minutes ago. It's been a, it's been a strange old time recently, but it's just great to, to get back on the park this year and obviously be able to get some games in as a whole for the entire competition and the entire state um to be back playing again is really pleasing so yeah it's been interesting but all good I think one of the great stories that to come out of uh, the Northern Football Netball League this year has been the appointment of Deanna Berry as, a, as an assistant coach uh, for your club. Uh, what's it been like yep. working with you? I know, uh, with her, I should say. I know we've had a, the opportunity to talk to her earlier in the, the course of the year, but fr- from from your perspective, what's it been like to, to be able to, to work with her and to have, uh, I guess, um, someone who is coming directly from an elite uh, pathway from the AFLW to, to be able to pick her brain each week as you prepare for, for each game? Yeah, I think you nailed it, mate. It's exactly that. Um, I can't speak highly enough of Deanna. She's been an amazing acquisition for our football club. Um, not only is, you know, she's, she's still only young, mate. She's still obviously forging her own path at, at the elite level. And I understand she's been through the, the elite pathways, but her, her football knowledge is through the roof. Um, you know, she understands the game as well as anybody. And, and on, on top of that, um, she's just a wonderful person, mate. She's really humble and really easy to deal with. And, and the guys, 
get along with her really well. And like I said, it's just been a yeah, it's been a fantastic addition both on and off the field from our perspective. We can't uh, we can't see Kylie enough of it. Following the win at the weekend, you're now two games and percentage away from bottom place on the ladder. I guess you you're never quite comfortable until I guess mathematically that you know you you're able to hold your spot there for for next year. But I guess with five weeks coming up, uh, what's the uh, what's the aim for for those games with uh, certainly some win- winnable ones in the uh, in the run home from from here to round 18. Yeah, spot on again, mate. It's um, one of those things you never sleep until you're completely saved, not from a senior coaching perspective anyway. But, um, yeah, look, like I said, we're really focusing on ourselves internally at the moment. The results, we, we've made a conscious effort to rely on, on what we want to achieve internally and, and what we want to get out of those five weeks. And, and again, there's, there's definitely some winnable games there. Um, but I think the results will, will definitely take care of itself if we're able to implement the style that we want to implement and, and for as long as We'd like to do that and like I said, just continue to tick off those internal KPIs is, is the big thing for us and, and our major focus. And as I said, I've said to the boys that, again, mate, that the, yeah, the results will take care of themselves if we can continue on that pathway as we saw on Saturday. So fingers crossed we can build from there and maybe get a couple more positive results would be wonderful. Well, Simon, really appreciate your time in, in joining us. Again, really well done on, on that win at the weekend to, to get that upset result away to St Mary's and all the best of luck in the remaining five rounds of the 2021 season. No, thanks very much, Samuel. Really appreciate it, mate. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. Our next guest on the NFNL podcast is the coach of Greensboro's women's football team, Stu Lewis, at the weekend. His side recorded a win over Eltham to maintain fourth spot on the Mervac Division 1 women's ladder. Stu, thank you for joining us. Your side has uh, certainly gone up a, a few rungs this year from going from the third division premier now to competing in Division 1. How have you found the campaign to, to this point of the season? Um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for the intro, Sam, and thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, look, it's it's been interesting, to say the least. Um, I guess the... You know, we, we look back in 2018, it was sort of a so-so side for the club, and um, 219 spoke for itself with the premiership, and then uh, 221 we landed Div One. But um, the whole Div One thing has brought players to the club, which is which is enormous for us at this time of year. Yeah, I mean, if we can go back to the campaign back in in 2019, obviously yeah. uh, for the club it was only the the second season of of women's football, and to to lift the holy grail. Um, to then, unfortunately, have a year where where you couldn't play because of the fact of, of COVID, and now to to come in and, and play first division footy. Can you just take us through that journey from from going from a premier to not being able to play to all of a sudden uh, now taking on the the absolute best sides in the Northern Football Netball League's women's football competition? Yeah, sure. Um, look, two nineteen obviously was went well for us, but um, we walked away from that. We had a meeting as a club. Um, and decided that, you know, the, the whole social media thing for us uh, in 2019 worked well um, and friendship groups and and that formed that premiership side. So we thought we'd we'd revisit that and branch out again in 2020 and unfortunately the whole COVID thing came along. But um, we did sign some players up and uh, brought them along with us for the 221 journey, um, which which was good for us because the players and committees, committee and supporters, um, uh, look, they want to stay in Div 1 and... and we thought it was a good idea to bring new players in straight away, uh, teach them our ways and, and create a culture that um, 
got us the two nine premiership and, and just going forward with that. Of the players that have, have joined you for the two thousand and twenty one campaign that haven't previously played at the club, which are the ones that have impressed you most and, and have helped you really make that leap from third division now to playing the uh, in the top flight? Um, well, the, the ones that actually impressed. Look, if I go back to like even a couple of two nineteeners who, who who just were good players in in the two nineteen side, but you know our full back we put a lot of time into Jordan Henry, um, a, a lot of time into her, and look, she's going to be going places. She's she's a, a big V um, expat and now has come to us, and so she's she's a very good player. Um, she missed the game against Diamond Creek, which hurt us a bit, unfortunately. Um, and we got another two nineteen, which was two nineteen, which is Morgan Broadley. So she was our two nineteen rising star, but um, she hasn't stopped impressing in the back line. Um, and her games uh, on the weekend was uh, something to be believed. As in the new group that came along, we've got a Jada Canizzo and Bree Untank, who was the who's the sister of our, our Ruck Renee. Um, their game on the weekend, and Jada, especially her game against Lowell Plenty a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, were out of sight. So. Um, and of course, we've got the Collis sisters now. So Lauren Collis, who's who won our best and fairest, has brought her sister along. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's looking good. The engine room is good. The full back line is good. We've had to shore up our back line. So yeah, it's going forward. It's going to be great. Um, when you when you come up uh, any grade, you obviously know that the the competition becomes even harder. But this year, you're coming up against sides that uh, I guess have been long involved in, in women's football and have been the powerhouse sides. We're talking clubs like Darabin and, and Diamond Creek Women's, um, VU Western Spurs, of course, as well. And and uh, from an NFNL perspective, uh, Montmorency, who's got a, a huge uh, female football program. How is it? Uh, has it been coming up against those sides, and, and what can you can you learn from those experiences when you're coming up against um, arguably the the best in the business? Yeah, look, uh, the the girls in the club are acutely aware of where where those big four teams are at. Um, you know, possibly VFL sides at the best of times. So uh, for them to drop back, look, our job our job was to get the girls to to win the games that we should win and close the gap and take ground off those big four sides, which which is it's going to happen. Um, look, Diamond Creek. We held our own for three quarters. If anyone had a had a been at the ground, you wouldn't have thought it was a hundred point uh, loss. But um, look, Diamond Creek are a good side. They just get it done. And um, anyone who's here knows it's different. And we just ran out of legs in the last quarter, unfortunately. But um, and the Darabin side, the Darabin game was it was not our day. There's no excuses for that. We just didn't turn up, and it was on a cold, wet, bog track, and uh, we were outplayed all day by a good side, class side. But we learn from that. We uh, we take the footage out of that, and we'll pick it apart, um, and we'll give it a go next time we play them, hopefully. It's, um, just just taking back to, I guess, the earlier point you made just then, you, you said that obviously you wanted to, to bridge the gap on, on those sides, but also to, to beat those that uh, you maybe expect to beat or, or maybe are in the same mark as you. The, the fact that you've been yeah. able to beat a side like Altham at the weekend, you, you were too good for Lowell Plenty only a few weeks ago, you, you've beaten Heidelberg as well, do you, do you feel like you you can give yourselves a, a ticket at this stage given the fact that you've been able to, to beat those and hence why you're sitting as high as fourth on the ladder at this stage? Yeah, look, um, it, it's correct and we were of the view, um, you know, quietly behind our, do- our, our doors was that, you know, if we had been in Div 2 and they, those sides like Altham and Lowell there, we would have taken up to them and, and been very prominent if not you know, hopefully you've taken out a, another premiership, but it wasn't to be. We land in Div 1, um, and that's where we are. But we're motivated. We'll just keep going. But, um, you know, we, we look, if I had a crystal ball, I could say, we, you know, ideally we could finish top four, and the motivation for those girls is to put one of the, one of the big four clubs out of, 
out of a double chance with a bit of luck, we win the next two games. Looking ahead to those next two games, uh, you're taking on Lowell Plenty this week. It's followed by a game against Whittlesey. Both games you play yep. at home, I guess. Um, from I mean, you've answered it there, but obviously the, the the goal is to have a top four finish. But I guess there's still two hurdles in the way for, for you to be able to achieve that. But but this weekend against Lowell Plenty, who are fighting for a similar spot on the ladder, I guess it becomes a an early final in some respects, given the fact that um, you're probably both aiming for a, for a similar spot on, on the table. Yeah, correct. Um, look, it's a huge game uh, this weekend for both clubs. Um, the girls are prepared to go into to, the game against Elton. Was they knew there was only one outcome, um, and it's going to be the same with Lower. They're, they're a good side, Lower Plenty, and and the the win that we had against them. Um, you know, I don't, I don't take anything away from from our girls, but Lower Plenty will will step up to the plate. They're a good side, Lower. They're well coached. And from your point of view, you, you've had now, uh, well, it's your second season of coaching the, the Greensboro women's team, or, or third year, but uh, second season given last year's cancellation. But how have yeah. you found the experience and, uh, and how have you found uh, of coaching, coaching women's football? Obviously, there's the opportunity to you know, coach those who are new to the game, but, but given the fact now that so many have come through the junior ranks, you're also um, there for, for the pathway for those who are hoping to take the, their football further and playing in those elite competitions like the, the VFLW and potentially down the track aflw yeah look at um the coaching part of it's 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 got its moments like any coach will tell you but it's been good to see that the class that we've got coming through now is um you know we've got we've got players that, that come from torquay echuca king lake wallen brawford every week train um it's just a commitment that they want to play with this group so um they're all they're all sponges if that's a word in terms of they want to learn um so we've got a, a really good coaching panel um, of uh, four guys and, and myself, so or four, three guys and myself, I should say, um, that are trying to teach them all the things that we learn as as, as kids and senior players, um, and they're taking it on board. They they just want to learn, which is great. And how important has it been for for the football club as as a whole at Greensboro? Obviously, it's a very strong and, and proud club in the Northern Football Netball League, the oldest club and uh, one of the most successful uh, as well. But how important has it been to to take this this chapter now into to women's football? And it seems like the club's really grasped it with with both hands. Yeah, look, I think you know if I just go back to that two eighteen time where the, where it was it was basically the, when football the women's program came in that um, we just had to get someone on the park. But now the club and the committee are just invested and the men's group too um, in keeping the women's the in Div 1, the women's side in Div 1, and we want to stay there. So, um, you know, we've got the senior coach Mick Harford on board and all the other coaches um, giving their input. We have a coach meeting, you know, once a week we'll sit down and talk. So um, everyone is invested at the moment um, and wants to get this across the line. So our our vision is to stay in Div 1 and create a really strong side. Well, uh, Stu, you're certainly uh, more than um, more than meeting expectations at the moment. Uh, it's been it's been great to see the way the side's been able to adapt to a higher level of football. Obviously, there's still some some bigger things to achieve uh, this year. So, uh, good luck with that. We look forward to seeing the side in the finals, and certainly appreciate your time in joining us on the NFNL podcast. Excellent, Sam, and thanks for your time. <laughs>